of the pressure it brings hi i'm trishla yadav a physiotherapist and i'm looking for freedom from attachment hi ananta this is neel i really want to be free of distractions hi i'm ananta om and i'm here to help you navigate through these overwhelming times 2020 has ushered in the age of questioning normalcy real people sharing real stories can be life transforming hi on last week's episode we tuned into how to connect with plants through music Today's topic is very close to my heart and my life purpose. Today we have on our show Navodita Singh who is going to help us understand why we should care about the climate crisis. Navodita has always felt connected to the environment and 7 years ago she chose to pursue it academically and professionally. She has studied economics, sustainable development and most recently public administration in environmental science and policy. Navodita has worked on issues ranging from water security to climate change adaptation and will now be working on climate change mitigation. Let's first start by welcoming Navodita. Hi Navodita, thank you so much for being here and sharing your experience and this much needed information with us. Hi Ananta, thank you so much for inviting me to your wonderful podcast. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. So uh, let's start. Let's dive right in. And can you tell us why we should care as one people about the climate crisis and how does this climate crisis impact everybody? Sure. So uh, I think since in recent times we've all been hearing about um, issues of justice, and we're also in the midst of a pandemic, so we're. you know talking a lot about health issues uh, i think i'm going to use those angles to talk about why we should care about the climate crisis perfect uh, so if you look at a country like india most of our population is engaged in sectors that are exposed to climate variability so if we talk about agriculture forestry these are all sectors that are open and vulnerable to uh, natural and climatic elements so right. when we say climate change i think a basic understanding that everyone has is that the climate is going to change mm-hmm. and that means that the weather that you know we are going to see extreme weather and i think that's that's an understanding that more or less uh, people are comfortable with mm-hmm. and so when you start thinking about that you can automatically draw a connection to uh, how sectors like agriculture and forestry you know which are dependent on how much water how much precipitation there is going to be whether it is going to be too hot or too cold uh, how these sectors might be impacted mm-hmm. now the thing is that with, through this pandemic we've also sort of seen how supply chains in different sectors are breaking down and mm-hmm. how that has meant that our lives get impacted directly yeah. and so if it's important to understand that if something happens to something like agriculture then a direct link can be made to the food that we have on our plates uh, every day yeah and so uh, it's important to understand that uh, there is a direct linkage 
for people who stay in the cities uh, to people who stay in other parts of the world in other parts of our own country and i think that should be you know our our own nutrition should be one of the most uh, concerning things for uh, people to understand um then i would say that the other the other way to think about climate change is not just in terms of uh, you know heat and precipitation impacting agriculture but also impacting other uh, you know ecological resources on the planet for example yeah. the oceans so since we since i mentioned agriculture i think uh, it would be interesting for people to to know if, if they didn't read this already that warming of the ocean in fact warming of the indian ocean was uh, most recently linked to the locust attacks that that you know we were we were all faced with and we saw uh, it really harrowing images of farmers uh, both in india and pakistan um, yes. they were sort of being harassed by these these insects insect attacks yeah so uh, that i thought personally for me that was a, a new thing to learn and i thought that was uh, a a concerning development to come out of climate change right um then of course uh, since we're talking about health we should also understand that a warmer temperature means that uh, you know diseases like malaria for example dengue and all all these kind of vector borne diseases are going to uh, increase in incidence uh, in areas in colder climates where they weren't present before they're going to you know people in these areas are also going to start seeing more and more uh, incidences of such kind of diseases so what what i'm trying to get at is that there is a direct impact on our physical health um yeah. as a result of climate change yeah maybe our generation sees some of it but our future generation might see more impacts and then and so on um so these these uh, are some of the reasons uh, you know some of the ways in which it impacts our physical health there there have been some studies that have also linked climate change to adverse impacts on mental health okay. uh, and that's again something that's that a topic that has been discussed uh, recently um due to various reasons mm-hmm. but uh, it's important to try and think about what happens when you're out in, in the heat and uh, without any shelter or without you know recourse to uh, say an air conditioner or something like that Uh, and what that might do to say for example a farmer but yeah. also you as an individual who may be out um, you know uh, looking for a job or just out in general yes and the kind of stress that heat can cause um, to your body uh, yeah. but also it's it's been it's been linked to uh, increased forms of um, aggression okay. and and sort of knock on impacts on say you know domestic violence or something now all of this it's important to remember that these this is really sparse research but um it's important to know that this is happening and everything is um, every issue and again another broker right exactly um for example if there is uh, an extreme weather event like a flood or uh, you know a drought uh some parts of society tend to lose almost everything you know their life their livelihoods or whether it's their shelter and what kind of impact does that have on a person's mind you yeah. know it's the kind of the kind of impact is being uh, sort of compared to post traumatic stress disorder depression for example yeah. um how you know survivors of such extreme weather events can 
can how will they deal with such impacts um how, how will such kind of uh, life experiences emerge later in the lives of children who will face this how that impacts their future so i mean there's there's so much that a single uh, extreme weather event can do even in a single life uh, and we know that extreme weather events impact large portions of society yes so this was i think my take on you know a little bit about how climate change might impact your physical health your mental health and and talking about justice as well i think you wanted to talk a little bit about that yeah so if you look at justice i think um when we when we think about climate change impacts i don't think there is a way to discuss impacts completely if we do not talk about justice because uh, there you know when when we talk about climate change impacts um one one sort of uh, thread of a debate that basically is happening on a global level is that the developing countries have not contributed to this crisis as much as the developed world has so maybe at a broader level you can see that there is some form of disparity there that we are all having to pay a price for something that not all of us contributed to now you bring the same kind of argument to a sort of a lower level you start talking about a country so let's talk about our own country maybe some people have houses or a roof over their head and some people don't yeah. so basically what we see is that the ability of people to respond to certain climate impacts or uh, weather events is different is different uh, yeah. for different people and for different sections of the society if you start to consider things like intersectionality then that goes even deeper into thinking about okay even within a community that some people may be more impacted uh, than the others women for example in certain communities uh, do not know how to swim as well as the males do or they may not have access to uh, mobile phones on which they can receive uh, weather related information that the government may be sending and so that sort of traps them uh, in a difficult situation and so these are all the levels of uh, you know injustices that we we think of when we think about climate justice or environmental justice um i think this is important because again here uh, people who eventually have to pay the price for uh, a climate event really have contributed nothing almost to to uh, you know actually creating the problem and so it's important to remember that when we think about climate change adaptation when we think about who should be the ones actually taking the lead in doing something about this problem uh, so it's important to keep that in mind when thinking about justice right right so coming coming to the topic of adaptation can you tell us the difference between mitigation and adaptation sure so when we talk about climate action we mostly talk about two ways uh, you know two two types of climate action one is mitigation and the other is adaptation okay. so when uh, we're talking about mitigation it's basically about um, reducing greenhouse gases from the atmosphere uh, you know you you sort of reduce your contribution to uh, yeah, to the atmosphere and the other, the other thing that you can do is actually remove greenhouse gases from the atmosphere using uh technology uh let's leave it at that, that. 
so that's mitigation um and adaptation is when we as a society try and cope with the impacts of climate change where we try and endure the impacts of climate change um for example if in a certain flood prone area you try and implement a flood resilient house you want to build the house using certain materials you want to build it on stilts uh you want to make sure that when the flood comes the family occupying the house is actually safe or is able to uh, is is mobile enough to move to a different place if if you're taking those kind of steps then that is um, adaptation to climate change right right wow uh so this is such a vast topic and there's so many levels like you shared in uh, when you spoke about the levels of justice that need to be uh, included within this act of action towards climate crisis um it can feel a little overwhelming okay not little it can feel very overwhelming for individuals um so can you share a little bit of uh, maybe from your perspective how our listeners all of us can try and be a part of the solution to the climate crisis rather than the problem sure i can try <laughs> um so i think uh what for me personally what has worked has just been over the years trying to uh inform myself better trying to understand the linkages between different actions and uh whether that's uh you know human actions or how different ecosystems are linked and how our actions impact those ecosystems um and how they impact us in return so yeah. i think um being informed and more you know making yourself more educated about this topic helps yeah um i think what tends to happen with an issue like climate change is that um it's it's been such a prolonged stretched out issue it's it it was happening it is going to happen and so i think more often than not we don't know where we stand and what we should do about it Yeah. but the idea is to understand that any problem that we are facing today as a society any development problem that we are facing as a society uh is going to be impacted by climate change and so uh you know in our field climate changes and even even in journalism i'm sure if people have read articles about this they must have come across climate change being talked about as a threat multiplier and so all all the threats that we face uh, are going to be amplified are going to be made more complex and they will impact our daily lives and if not us then maybe our children or maybe our grandchildren uh, but but it is going to be there yeah um, and so once you start seeing those linkages i think it's it's even more compelling uh, they provide even more compelling reasons for you to do something about it uh, an example that i didn't mention earlier was um, again through a news piece i found out that studies have actually shown that uh air pollution particles are now being found in the placenta inside uh pregnant and expecting mothers Whoa. and i think that was it was just um i had goosebumps when i read that because i was like this has now right reached now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because this has now reached uh you know a place where you you never expected this to happen a child that has not not even been born yet uh is already being affected by what we are doing what kind of actions we are taking as a society so i think 
when you start to find such examples, uh, it starts to touch a chord and, and then you feel more, feel more compelled to really step up uh, and take action. Absolutely. And so um, about, you know, when you start talking about action, then there are different things that you can do. Um, I understand that for an individual to uh, take action at their level, it can be overwhelming. Uh, people can even have what's being called now as eco-anxiety or eco-fear. Yeah. Um, where you feel so um, overwhelmed by everything that's happening around you and your inability to make a large-scale impact. Yeah. But I think uh, for me, what has worked is sort of feeling like I'm part of a larger movement or feeling that I am that I find myself in a larger group of people who have the same goals and the same yeah. aims. And uh, that we all are trying to do something about it and that I'm not alone in this. Yeah. And so, you know, being able to find um, kind of uh, organized events in your communities or, or your society uh, taking part in that, I think might help some people if, if, you know, they want to actually go out in the streets and talk about the issues uh, facing them or facing societies. That could be one way. The other way to take action is, of course, to try and change your individual impacts. So um, these are, of course, I mean, some of these things are, of course, you can find them on lists that are easily available uh, online. You know, uh, we were talking earlier that you could you could adopt zero waste uh, lifestyle. You could adopt minimalism. Now, all of these are really difficult things to do. These are major life changes. So you can even start small. You can think about the clothes that you wear, uh, whether you really need to buy all those clothes, whether you really need that many clothes, uh, whether you need to buy new clothes, fresh clothes, and whether you need to dispose them off as soon as you do. Uh, in fact, I think fast fashion is something that people can look up if they haven't already. Uh, it's, it's one of the most polluting industries um, as compared to any other industry. So uh what you choose to wear really affects natural resources around you and again i think that that is something so personal like fashion is personal everybody yeah. wants to follow bloggers and influencers yeah. but if you start to think about how that impacts the environment then you're in for a complete surprise and maybe then you want to change something about your habits yeah um so yeah uh, you know taking individual measures like that uh, reducing your use of water electricity um, any small thing that you can do recycling a lot donating things that you don't use anymore instead of disposing them off yeah um i would say even try and try and read uh, or try and find out as much as you can about every product that you're using for example if it's an electronic product is there a way to dispose your e-waste off in a better way than to just dump it somewhere? Yeah. Uh, can you ensure that it is reaching, uh, you know, places that uh, that that will be able to recycle it um, and you know dispose it off uh, in the right way? Yeah. Uh, so so just researching. I think we we are in a phase where we are faced with so many issues that we are actually questioning a lot of things, whether it's you know related to racism, colorism. Uh, mental health we're all doing a lot of questioning at this time uh, that we're all also you know facing a pandemic and so I think that's that's the same kind of thinking that's needed even when you think about uh, something like climate change or environment or sustainable development 
you start to question and once you start to question you start to learn yeah and and i do strongly believe that uh, we have opportunity every single day to make all of these new ways or more conscious ways of living uh, to integrate that into our daily life and yeah. a little by little um, every drop makes the ocean and every there's the ocean in every drop but right now we can all participate and do the best that we can do and it does matter because our individual efforts do impact the greater extended self we call this planet so mm-hmm. thank you so much for sharing all that you have novodata uh, and thank you again for being here on the show today as a tradition we ask our guest speakers to share what you would tell your 20 year old self if you were to speak <laughs> today from this moment or uh, better so i think uh, something that would help very specifically with regard to this um is what would you tell a 20 year old person right now because in the midst of this pandemic as well as the climate crisis which is becoming more and more evident every day what would you like to tell them what what might help them right now um i have a 23 year old brother so okay. i think when i'm thinking of advice i'm probably thinking of what i would tell him or what i've been telling him yeah, uh, yeah. and i think what i've tried what i've been trying to tell him is to kind of stay positive yeah. um i think the advice would differ you know from yeah. different people of course but i i think if i have to broadly speak about people who live in cities and people who still have the the space and privilege to kind of lead um, healthy lives uh, i think i would that you should practice um, you know being grateful uh, yeah. for the fact that you are still okay and a, la- a large section of the society is not yes um, and to stay to kind of try and stay positive uh, the fact that we will overcome this uh, uh, this situation as well and to still be hopeful about the future uh, because i think there is a lot of uh, you know merit in the fact in, in what we've seen over the last few years about uh, youngsters and like young people just overcoming different kinds of problems whether it was the financial crisis that happened about a decade ago or uh, anything else any other kind of a challenge and young people have been able to you know hold on to their spirits and overcome these problems uh, and so that gives me the hope that we will be able to overcome this too um and if you had certain hopes and dreams still stick to them they may be delayed but they're not gone yet yeah yeah and thank you for sharing that and another tradition we request you to share what you most grateful for in the past week i've uh, been most grateful for just being back with my family um i'm back with my mother uh, brother and grandmother after almost a year yeah uh, more yeah. than a year actually um i still haven't met my fiance and it's been 13 months so i'm waiting to do that whenever for all listeners we had uh, uh, novodata's fiance on the podcast um, 
two weeks ago and we're very happy to have Novodita here with us today. So we did we did talk about you being back in India and that was the thing he was grateful for. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I heard that and yeah. Uh, it's uh, yeah, while I am grateful that I'm back, I think I the one thing that I'm still uh, waiting to do is uh, getting to see him. It's been 13 months already, so I hope it happens soon. Oh, oh, yeah, we hope that for you too. And uh, thank you so much for being with us. And um, if if our listeners have any questions or would like to contact you, where can they get in touch with you? Um, I have a LinkedIn profile. It will be very easy to find me if you get my spelling right. Okay. Uh, it's N-U-V-O-D-I-T-A. Yeah. Uh, so I'm available on LinkedIn. I'm very prompt with my responses in okay. case anybody wants to connect. Perfect. Thank you so much. And thank you so much, uh, Ananta. Thank you so much for giving me this platform. I, you know that I've, I've been really nervous about this, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm glad that we did this. I'm, I'm so grateful that uh, you have informed us, helped us, uh, you know, take a few steps in the direction of being informed about the climate crisis and the impact it has on every individual and uh, also empowering us with the things that we could do and we could start doing and living with. Thank you so very much, Navodita. You've helped us take steps to freedom from eco-anxiety and move into action and being part of the solution. Dear listeners, if you've stayed on till the end today, here's me sending you a big grateful hug. We all need to do the best we can to be the change we wish to see. Nuvodita has so beautifully shared the interconnectedness of all life in the context of climate change. Let us know what stood out for you or if you have any other insights, you can surely come over and share in the comments on Instagram. We are both looking forward to hearing from you. Before signing off, here is this week's quote. As long as we breathe this air, we owe Mother Earth our allegiance and care. On that note, we end today's episode and we will see you same time, same place next week on Yay Yay Yay! It's Freedom Friday with Ananta Om.